Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to recap a Chicago Red Stars soccer match. It has been too long, folks. It has been way too long. So we got to talk about our Chicago Red Stars soccer match, and it's a loss, y'all. They opened up the Challenge Cup with a 2-1 loss to Washington Spirit. There's a lot to unpack here in between the lines, both before and off the pitch. And I couldn't do it alone because no one can ever do anything alone. You hear me? So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, AKA the scam originator. Claire, I love you more today than I did yesterday. How are you doing tonight, fam? I'm good. I'm glad we're talking about this. Yep, a thing, a things happened. Folks, the NWSL Challenge Cup kicked off in Utah, and it had an opening day. It had two games, one early kickoff between North Carolina Courage and Portland Thorns, FC, and then the second evening match of the day consisted of Washington Spirit, who took on our beloved Chicago Red Stars. And to sort of set things up, a lot was made. A lot of different narratives, a lot of storylines built up around the Challenge Cup and NWSL and their return to play and we're just going to go through some of those right now before we dip into the actual lineups and then talk about the game and what we thought we saw on the game but first team contact sport to return to play in the United States huge deal congratulations NWSL on on reaching that benchmark and uh, a little bit of a you know coming out of all of this right coming out of the pandemic that people are still trying to navigate their way through as cases continue to spike in Southern, like Southwest and Southeast regions of the United States. Um, Everyone's trying to navigate that still. Everybody's still trying to navigate their unlearning or their relearning and everything going on with social injustices and their support for black lives so there was a lot going on in as we headed into this challenge cup tournament and a lot of what we heard going into it was that teams you know clubs coaches and staffs were trying their best uh whatever capacity to be there for their club be there specifically for their black players we were uh able to have head coach Rory Dames on our podcast for a couple of episodes there where we try to take a little bit of a deeper dive into stuff like that with him. And he was so gracious enough to share a little bit about that kind of stuff with, you know, players and specific players that they were having conversations with. And the North Carolina Courage and Portland Thorns sort of, I think maybe kind of set the tone a little bit for the day there was a lot of discussion with players and the players association about how to sort of show unity for black life and there was a number of different things that they did so we saw a lot of people wearing their black Lives matter shirt we saw everyone wearing armbands and we also saw people participating in a form of protest and trying to show their solidarity with that and for i think me and Claire, we're actually really excited to talk about that specifically. We're not, I don't think, too interested in maybe engaging in who decided to make a different choice. We maybe want to highlight, you know, talk about 
people who are making the choice to show solidarity with Black lives. So it was a very powerful image in that first match. We saw uh, two starting 11s that had diverse uh, squads. You had players who represented the U.S. women's national team, black and white. You had international players, Canadians, a uh, player like Rocky Rodriguez, uh, Costa Rican international, bunch of players uh, showing solidarity as starting 11s and taking a knee as uh, the anthem played. And there was some discussion of, you know, photos that were taken of maybe staff, players or coaches who didn't um but for me claire i thought it was very cool that players had a choice to make and they made a choice to take a knee i thought that that was pretty dope and i think that game in particular taking place so early i think maybe set some expectations for people who might have been casual viewers or first-time viewers of the nwsl on cbs or Longtime faithful of NWSL to sort of maybe see some similar scenes for the Red Stars and Washington Spirit. And the game happened. And you know what? We did see some similar scenes. Some Im of the imagery that we've been seeing has looked a little differently compared to the previous starting 11 from the previous match compared to the one that we saw in the Red Stars game. And um, watching that unfold for Chicago and Washington, I know struck a number of emotions for many people. I think myself and Claire included. And for right now, I would just like to say that I am very proud to cover a team that has players like Casey Short, Sarah Gordon on it. And that's kind of my piece on it. Yeah. Um, I cried a little bit watching the earlier game, the beginning of the earlier game. Uh, I wasn't expecting the, the kneeling on the kneeling during the anthem was very powerful the moment of silence at the beginning of the game is what made me cry. Um, and I was surprised how powerful that was for me. Um, cause we've seen some of that in some men's sports as well, but, um, I did not think I would ever see the NWSL do anything like that. Um, ever. So that, that was, you know, that was a very powerful, thing for me um I feel bad that people didn't really get to witness that moment in the same way during the Chicago Washington game because um there was you know a lot of you know I think that everyone was having a reaction to the anthem um because they did the same thing in the Chicago Washington game both teams took a knee for a moment of silence at kickoff. Everybody participated in that. And um, I wanted to read, I wanted to read Sarah Gordon's Instagram post from yesterday. Um, she says she had a photo of her kneeling with Vanessa DiBernardo, uh, Yuki Nagasato, and Morgan Gautreaux, formerly Brian. Uh, and she says, I kneeled. Now, when will I stand? 
I'll stand when the people behind bars aren't disproportionately Black or Latino, when my son can go to his neighborhood school because it has the same resources as the one we applied to in the wealthy white neighborhood, when Black people aren't denied bank loans or employment for having Black names, in quotes, when Black people have more than 2.7% of the country's wealth when they make up 15% of the population. I'll stand when Black mothers aren't three times more likely to die in childbirth than a white woman, when police officers are held accountable and sent to jail for murdering innocent Black men and women. I'll stand when the country looks the same for my Black son as it does for your white son or daughter. Until then, I kneel. Um, I'm very proud of all of the Red Stars that took a knee. Um, and I think we also saw something very honest in that moment. And I think that kind of honest emotion is difficult to process because you don't see it a lot, not like that. And uh, yeah, I um, took me a while to figure out how I felt about it other than just, um, I think it's good. I think it's good that we are, what am I trying to say? I think that it is, I think that it is hard that we are asking so much of these women, but I am very, proud of a team that has Casey Short and Sarah Gordon on it. And I also think that Julie Ertz is a very good captain. And that's kind of all I have to say about that. I want to shout out um, the awesome Red Stars community that exists out there, both locally to Chicagoland and not locally across the nation. If you listen to us, what up? And just take a moment to thank you for always being so engaged, for always pushing, for always expecting more and expecting better. Growth doesn't happen if you're comfortable. So I just wanted to take the time to thank you for that type of support because support isn't always necessarily rainbows and butterflies. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of a push and sometimes a hard conversation. And uh, I know that we only strive to try to do our best uh, because we have such a great community that we do this podcast for. So I know there are people out there, again, who feel many a thing. Maybe anger is probably even one of them. And I just want to say that you are entitled to that. It is absolutely a natural and human reaction. Um, so by all means, own it and process in your own due time. Uh, but here at Southside Trap, um, we always want to express our love and support for Black life, and we want to express our love and support 
for Casey Short and Sarah Gordon and all of the other teammates who found it within themselves to also make an equally similar and powerful choice. So thank you. And I think with that, we're going to maybe dive right in. Yeah, I, I just wanted to – well, the only one other thing I wanted to say is just that um, – so you guys know that we're not there, right? So we are at home, and we are watching the same streams that you are, um, and we are doing our best to process what happens uh, in a way that we maybe would have more resources uh, in a normal season to do. And so – there are things that we cannot report or get answers to or even feel qualified to reflect on in a way that we might be able to if we were there. Um, and so I just urge patience and try to be patient not only with us but with yourselves and with everybody else and with the team. And I just think that there's a lot of reasons why this is going to be a very polarizing conversation. And I always just want to prioritize the humanity of everyone involved first, especially those of the black women who play for the Chicago red stars. And, um, I think the best way to do that is to talk about some soccer, man. It was a loss, but can I just really say before we hop into these starting 11s, how good it felt to know that there was going to be some Chicago Red Star soccer in front on my screen. All day, I was like, Red Star's turn. Red Star's turn. Hey! Red Star's turn. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Let's do this, baby. Yeah. It was such a wonderful feeling. And um, I know for some folks out there, I maybe I saw it's like, gosh, it almost feels like we got back to normal. It almost felt regular. And to be quite frank, almost felt whole again y'all it was real nice it was a real real nice feeling and uh it was exciting honestly I, I know that they had to realign the tournament a bit you know the red stars were going into this opening day originally slated to take on orlando pride we went through and walked through the news with you guys how they had to withdraw from the tournament and so they realigned things and the league placed chicago in a group play with North Carolina, Portland, and Washington Spirits. So to open up the tournament, the Red Stars, as they had been preparing for the Pride, now had to face Washington Spirit. And we both agreed that it was going to be a little bit of a different vibe, but we were excited about it because we were like, man, we like we liked to watch the Washington Spirit play. So as the game time got closer, we started to finally get uh, game notes, lineups, and we saw the starting 11s. And for the Chicago Red Stars on this day, they lined up as follows. They had Alyssa Nair, Nett, Casey Short, Sarah Gordon, Zoe Morris, Bianca St. George's, uh, Morgan Bryan, Gatro, excuse me, Julie Ertz, uh, Kelly Watt, Vanessa DiBernardo, Rachel Hill, and Yuki Nagasato to start out their starting 11. Claire, walk me through some of those first emotions, some of those first feelings seeing that starting lineup. What did you think when you saw that? I was a little bit surprised. Um... I was a little, I was surprised that Julie Ertz was in the midfield. Um, I was a little bit surprised and well within that. So the, the surprise to me was that obviously I knew they were going to start a rookie on the back line. They had to, it was either going to be an outside back or a center back. I didn't, I did not expect moving Sarah Gordon in and then two, right? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, Oh, so we're like really doing this. Um, and so I, I was a little bit like, okay, so 
Ertz is also going to play center back, but in front of those two, because I don't think that, I think it's a lot to ask um, of, of, of little Zoe Morse. Um, and, but I was excited. Cause I was like, you know what? Like I, I truly believe that, you know, you guys know all the reporting we've done about this roster. Um, they're really going to try some stuff. They want to try some stuff out. It's going to be a very, it's going to be a baptism by fire. Um, and then I was also just curious where Yuki was going to be because I was like, well, this could be a diamond and she could be at the top of the diamond. But I also, the thing is about that though, that I just don't think they're going to do is I'm like, I don't think they're pushing Vanessa Bernardo out wide anymore. I just don't think they're going to do that. They have actual wide players. So I was like, okay, so where's Yuki going to end up? And guys, she played dang nine. <laughs> I'm over here flashing hand signs. I'm like, nine, nine, nine. You can play the nine. Yes, uh, looking at that initial starting 11, I thought this is a pretty strong lineup for the Red Stars to come out with, you know, even though they had two rookies on their back line, you know. Uh, in terms of the familiar names and familiar faces, it was like, yeah, those are some some bad bitches right there. They, they might come to play today. And um, seeing... Vanessa Bernardo on that with all of these new offensive players like you mentioned Claire with like these potential wide players that they went and got um it was a little I was a little curious as to where we were going to see her um so watching them line up and take this kickoff was kind of like okay let's let's see what's let's just see what's gonna happen here exactly because I was really excited to see how a player like uh Kaylee Watt kind of was gonna fit into all this, especially. Um, just to show love and give context, um, I do want to give uh, the quick uh, shout out to the starting lineup for Washington Spirit, uh, just because I have sure. a feeling we're going to be talking about some of those players uh, for the duration of this episode. For Washington Spirit, they lined up as follows. They had Aubrey Bledsoe and Nett, uh, Tegan McGrady, Sam Staub, Paige Nielsen, Tori Huster, Rose Lavelle, Andy Sullivan, Jordan DiBiase, uh, Ashley Sanchez, uh, Kumi Yokoyama and Ashley Hatch so that was their starting 11 and Claire I think you said it best that was a good team yeah no they um they definitely they're still very young um and I think that they play like a young team still um I'm still not sure if you have a full strength Chicago Red Stars if the spirit um is better than better quote unquote than them but um I think that they are, I mean, Rory talked about this in the press conference before the game. They're one of the most consistent squads in this tournament, probably them in North Carolina. Um, they did a lot of their rebuilding last year. And so that has carried through to, to this tournament. And I think they also would really like to win something. Their goals are a little bit different than Chicago's a little bit. Um, yeah, good team. Inexperienced, but good. And then also just clearly like, Chicago started a rookie center back and the spirit started Rose Lavelle. And I think I tweeted this. I said, it's rude to ask Zoe Morse to do what the Netherlands could not. Uh, Such a good point. It was just... a valid, valid, valid <laughs> point. I mean, it was some real, like, I'm not going to front, man. There was a moment when I saw that starting lineup and then seeing the starting lineup and then seeing how they lined up, yeah. and how they moved Sarah in with the two rookies on the back line. Yep. And I thought, wow, Rory really came out here with the let me take all my kids to the pool and y'all uh -huh. are going to learn today. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I was like, yep. oh, my God. Yep. Rory, what are you doing? You're telling the kids, swim. <laughs> like, and yeah. that's um, and you Sarah, know Sarah Gordon, too, who hadn't, hasn't played center back in, what, like a year? 
Yeah, well, I mean, they asked they asked her to do a lot, right? Yeah. Last year, we know that we saw it. Right. Uh, hey, move inside. She would move inside. Hey, get on the outside back flank. Yeah. Sure. Get higher now that you're out there. Okay, great. She would do it. She would yeah. do it. But uh, to start off a season, or in this case, to start off a uh, tournament style, World Cup style tournament, no, <laughs> no, not not exactly. And then uh, not only that, but to also be tasked with the re- responsibility of like kind of leading that line right like hey guess what you're gonna be the leader here too. yeah like, a lot it's a lot fam um so it showed it showed pretty early it showed quite quite early as a matter of fact because washington spirit uh for as about equal amount of uh, game time planning as the red stars had because both of these teams were not preparing for the other right going into this tournament uh roosevelt uh knew better <laughs> And she just did what she does, man. Roosevelt's look, guys. She's a phenomenal player. She's one of the future stars, if not already a star of the United States women's national team. She's a phenomenal footballer, a fantastic playmaker. And she just came right out of the gate and went right at Forrest Point Moore and ended up putting Washington Spirit up very, very early in this game in the eighth minute. Claire, what were some of your reactions to that? Yeah, I mean, so the good news, this is good news, bad news. So the good news is that neither of Washington's goals in this game are, like, devastating to me. They all make sense. No, they weren't demoralizing. No, not at all. And and also, again, like, you know, everybody knows that, you know, there was an emotional moment before the game started, and so Chicago just kind of started sort of, like, it just a little scattered and and slow, but also some things that we're going to talk about a lot, I think, um, is that, uh, yeah, Rose Lavelle was moving very confidently off the ball. She seems really healthy right now, which is great. Um, I also think both teams were playing, I I just don't think both teams were trying to really physically impose on each other. I think they don't think it's worth it, quite honestly. I think if this was a different circumstance, you would have seen a little bit more physicality from Chicago. It's not worth it. They're not going to do it. Um, And then I also think that – I think that – and this will be true of the second goal as well, which is that – so everyone's been cooped up in in their apartments and their houses and whatever for three months. And uh, soccer, the field players, what they can do is they can work on their technique. They can run. They can juggle. They can play against the wall. They can do all that sort of stuff. Um, The goalkeepers don't have the opportunity to do that, especially if they were isolating alone they got very little time to get back up to speed. And so I think that goalkeeping rust um, is a factor because I think that uh, it's harder for a goalkeeper to maintain, you know, quickness than it is for a field player in those kinds of circumstances. So I think we just had a little bit of like Zoe Morse is an experienced um, Sarah Gordon, you know, was trying to do a lot at once and got pulled into space uh, Alyssa Nair, who actually had a great game, um, just, you know, there's only so much she can do. Um, I think Ashley Hatch also might have been offside, but whatever, game's fake. Um, and, yeah, so they got – they got. Sh- I mean, it was – I was not shocked, um, and I wasn't too worried about it either. But, um, yeah, lots of good tape from that, I'm sure. Lots of little breakdowns that they can improve upon. Yeah, some real um, – some real first game of the year vibes. And this one, obviously coupled with some huge emotional, mental hurdles that were probably taking place for certain players on the pitch, obviously. I think that was apparent. Um, But you know what? After that first goal, the Red Stars, 
a team, honestly, I enjoy watching play from behind. They play with a certain kind of vigor once that happens, especially if it kind of happens early. So I think, you know, probably right after the first, like, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, you know, you started to see them try to come together. I really liked seeing what Kaylee Watt was trying to make happen for this team. Yeah, I thought Watt had a great game, actually. Um, I think that I think that um obviously obviously it's hard to judge when there was no end production. Um, but I think that the ideas were really sound. Um they had Watt and and Hill swapping sides a lot. Like the idea I think was to continually have them have the freedom to get get either right or left kind of based on what they saw. And I think that they tried to do that to pull defenders. Um, yeah. She almost scored in like the second minute or something she had. She, yeah. yeah. She really did some good stuff. Um, yeah. Before the eighth minute goal happened, like Chicago was like, they came yeah, out. Right. They got a couple corners. You know what I mean? Like they were like starting to press, but then this, this goal. Right. And then obviously, okay, plan A just went somewhere else, you know, because they, they right. got scored on really, really early. But, yeah, no, I really loved what Watt was bringing. I mean, she had another one, like, almost – I think she almost even got, like, a header at one point, like, in the right. 50, 50 minute, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I was like, right. yeah, of course Kalia Watt can can maybe score headers. But, she like, that's also, a thing that can happen. Yeah, and she also, she also uh, had a they, – they, they got the ball in the back of the net, but she was called offside in, like, the 35th minute or whatever. And I was like, that's a Chicago Red Stars forward. That's that what was, we like to see. That was that was truly, truly the moment. I think I think once that happened, and it was such a good minute for it to happen, it was like, yes, 35th minute, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're approaching we're approaching this half, the half yep. that's, like, get in the locker room, guys, and just regroup. Uh, yeah, no, looking back on that replay, I don't, I don't really know if I really believe that she was offside. I but. think it was close. I think but. I think the moment still felt right though. It was like yes, yes. Welcome to the Red Stars. You belong here. Good, nice looking goal. Call offside. Feels right. Feels feels like destiny, guys. Feels like destiny for Kenya Ohio Watt to be here. Yeah, I um, I think that I think that just talking about the offense a little bit generally, I think that uh, the I think that. I liked the ideas and I actually really liked that they stayed in the four, three, three. Like I, I'm glad that they're not going back to the old formation or at least not with that personnel. Um, and I think, I just think it does make a lot of sense. I think the trouble they had actually was more just, um, well, one of the things was that Rachel Hill didn't have a great game. Um, and understandably, and you know, you know, I, I, I understand why. Um, and I think that, uh, I think also just, this is the, greater growing pain I think is less about integrating Watt and Hill and more about empowering the central players to get on the ball because I think um you know there Nagasato was in the middle but there were also moments where like Watt sent a good ball in and it found Julie Ertz and Julie Ertz is not really like a finisher you know like it's just little things like I liked I liked the movement yeah right like the movement the movement was very fluid and it was good mm-hmm. and I was like okay guys I respect this I like I like it I like the vibe and honestly I don't whatever man so that goal that was called offside from for for Cleo Watt was like it didn't for me it didn't matter because you could tell that moment really started to it started to it brought it back if right. she brought whatever was missing whatever was missing from the Red Sox for the first 30 minutes of that game she brought it back and they really started to push and press like going into the second half I mean you're talking about that 
attempt from Juliet's where they were just like, oh no, Juliet's didn't score with her feet. Like this is weird, but also she was trying to do right. just that, you know. And it was uh, it was dope. It was dope to see uh, leading in went into the half, but um, that's ultimately sort of what closed things out. There was a hydration break because weather was crap still in in Utah, so they got a hydration break, but not a lot of stoppage time in that first half, and it it ended uh, 1-0. So the Red Stars were able to get out of that uh, 1-0, didn't get any worse for them. If anything, started to look like they started to make sense for and with each other a little bit on the pitch. Um, so heading into halftime, I think it's still – it's hard because it's like I, – I imagine you go – into a halftime locker room after starting off the game with what happened, all of the scenes, sights, and sounds, right? And then having to, number one, check in with that. You have to check in with that first. If you're any type of capable coach, you're checking in with that first. And as we heard in post-game comments from Rory Dames, he did check in with multiple players at halftime with that because – there was clearly something mental happening. So a check, obviously a check-in has to happen with certain players. And then you have to talk tactics, right? So going off of assumption of what we heard in posting comments, that's, that's what took place. And as they approached the second half, they didn't uh, do any substitutions, not right away anyway in that second half. It looked like they were rolling the dice with that starting 11 to maybe go to, you know, 50 minutes or 60 minutes, and then we would probably start seeing substitutions and it felt good it felt like all right if you can if you can i'm I'm sorry i'm laughing if you can get a goal early it's gonna change things up and a goal happened you guys it happened very early it happened right out the gate but it happened for washington spirit fam i can't even i don't even know i can't how do i even break this down ashley hatch did a thing a listener look no let me rewind a listener tried to do a thing ashley hatch was a little more aggressive with her thing, and then the second goal happened. It, like, obviously not thrilled it happened to Chicago, but that was such an NWSL goal. I was like, we're back, baby. Like, it was was just pure hustle. And, like, I'm – it's too bad that – obviously, I I understand, but they just don't have that many camera angles, so you can only really see it from the the far away shot because I would have loved – because Hatch, like – somersault she like tumbles forward behind the ball like she was ready if the ball didn't like make it over the goal line to like just like crawl and just get it get it over um yeah guys like i said um it was was, goalkeepers didn't get a chance to really train uh, it's fake. The soccer's it's fake. It's not right? real. Yeah, We're talking like, about pretend. I, I don't have the energy to pretend that I'm like worried about Alyssa Nair right now because I'm just not. I don't know if you guys know, but I can see into the future, and I can almost guarantee that the Chicago Red Stars will make the quarterfinals, no matter what. Happens. Yeah, I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna be all right. They're gonna make the quarterfinals. Don't get too down on this. And uh, I don't think we should, man, because again, like, despite everything despite the way the game started, despite going down one and then two goals down early in both halves, yeah, the Red Stars just say, fuck it. That's not how it's going to go down today. Yeah. And then they immediately equalized. I mean, you had an – I loved this goal. I thought it was, it was really great, good, yeah. It was not, like, the most flashiest goal, but it was a smart, good goal. You had the Red Stars on a counter. They had to play Vanessa DiBernardo with a good ball – 
gets it through into the box. And you have Yuki Nagisato, again, brilliant player, just presence of mind to see her homegirl, Morgan Control, lets that ball go. And Morgan Control says, you know what? My friend wanted me to have this, and I'm going to take it. And it paid off. The trust in each other paid off, and the goal went in. It was slotted into the far post, past Aubrey Bledsoe, and the rest stars very quickly got one back. And it changes the vibe a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, Yuki was, yeah, she's so smart. Always, always thinking. Um, it's like, it's like the matrix. Like I swear the soccer game is happening in slow motion around her. Um, so she, yeah, she knew not to step on the ball cause she knew she was offside. Um, and, and I think also this, this maybe does highlight where again, if this was normal, if anything was normal, uh, I would say this is a strength that Chicago has that, that over Washington. Cause I think that, um, I think that the spirit, the spirit has an incredibly disciplined back line for their age, but they are young and they have the ability mentally sometimes to switch off. And I think that, I mean, all soccer teams have that, but I think that you saw Chicago remain calm. I think they had really internalized the game plan. Like, I think that they really, they're like, we're losing, but it's okay. And we're going to try to not do that. Um, and I think that, I think that, yeah, you had, they started the, the connectivity. Um, and it also just ends up being that same thing that I was saying where, the the ball movement was good the movement was really good it was more just like who's going to get on the end of it and place the shot you know and so that ended up being Gatro in that moment and um it was a great shot um I think Bledsoe got like a finger on it but really well placed and she had a ton of time um I also think Washington got very tired there in the second half and I'm not entirely sure why they got so much more tired than the Red Stars but might have been because they were winning that would make sense but um I think yeah, I just think that Washington shut off. I think that the, the spirit are very, very good. I think to a certain extent, they're still good for their age. Um, but that is uh, something to kind of be terrified of because imagine them in like two years. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that young core, it'll take you places, uh, as we know here in Chicago. But I think we, uh, good point about them getting tired kind of quickly for, for spirit. Earlier than the Red Stars, the substitutions started to happen. So you saw, like, in the 60th, 65th minute, they started to bring on different players on the spirit side. You know, you had <clears throat> Tegan McGrady come on or uh, come off, uh, Yokoyama come off, and looks like uh, Roosevelt came off. So they started to make their adjustments. It was like, okay, it's 2-1. It's early. It's game one. Going to make some moves. And for the Red Stars, they had planned substitutions as well. We, we were told as, as much that everything was going to be scripted. Uh, but those things started to take a little bit, you know, a little bit longer. They went maybe more closer to the, the 70th minute mark. Right. Um, so we got to see uh, some familiar faces uh, come on and some new faces. We saw Mackenzie Donia come on for Yuki Nagasato. We saw uh, Vasconcelos come on for Rachel Hill. We saw Kate Johnson come on for Di Bernardo. We saw McCaskill come on for, for Cleo Watt, who ended up going 78 minutes. So I, I liked – I really want to just say that I, I enjoy what I watched in the debut of Kalia Watt. I think that the offseason move that was made for her was a good is going to be a good move for Chicago. I think it's one that's going to pay off just fine if we're talking about whatever return on investment or whatever people want to label it as. Um, I liked seeing that. And I liked what we saw because I feel like that there's more there. There's just more to come there. There's just more to come there. And um, I liked the movement 
from her and I liked it between all other players I like Yugi Nagasato just still looking like a player that she can make anyone look amazing and I thought that was dope because she's playing with a lot of new players not just to her but to the club as a whole so um very dope to see all that and um we're giving a lot of love to the top line right now and a player like Watt but uh for the back line, seeing a player like Bianca St. Judges, I just want to like give her her spotlight right now before we sort of close this game out. Um, watching her journey to this moment is so dope, you guys. I mean, you're talking about a player who was rated on clubs and their draft boards heading into 2019. Again, for some reason, 2019 was considered a draft class that was quote-unquote not strong and I'm sorry we're seeing that that's a load of bull when you see a team like Washington Spirit and when you see a player like Tierna Davidson or when you see a player like Bianca St. George's I mean someone who was chosen in the I believe she was chosen 20th over like third round for the Red Stars yeah and um they took her with a little bit of a roll of the dice because she had been coming off of an injury and she needed some time to rehabilitate from that, you guys. And we actually got to see uh, St. George's actually come into the Red Stars environment last year and just sort of try to integrate herself within the club, uh, but just was not able to get on the pitch. So to know that the Red Stars have rated a player like her for quite some time, given her the ability to come back from injury, and try to make the roster, right? And then did. <laughs> and then absolutely made the roster for this tournament specifically. I absolutely loved what we saw out of Bianca St. George's on this day. I mean, getting up and involved in the attack, making her recovery runs, bodying people off the ball. Oof, Chicago, we love that. So I just want to give her her props. Uh, Bianca St. George's is a player that I've spoke with uh, in prior season and she talked a, a lot about saying that she just wanted a shot. <laughs> she just wanted the opportunity to show what she's got. And uh, I love that we were able to see her debut. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, yeah, echo, just echoing what you already said, cause you said it so well, but um, it's a, it's a hard, what she did was hard. It's hard and it's scary to, not even get a chance to 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 prove yourself for a team as good as Chicago. And it's scary to a full year later be like, I'm I'm gonna do this and I'm going to make this roster. Um and I think that I'm really happy that obviously I don't think Chicago would have encouraged that if they did not want her to be on their team. But I also am really glad that that has paid off for her, not only obviously in making the roster, but in starting in this game. Um, and I would, she, everybody was clearly so excited to play fast paced games. Both of them, everyone was ready to go. And I think that, you know, so that was true for everybody, but I just think that she, was really ready to go. I think that she, um, she <laughs> just the audacity on the ball. Sometimes it made me laugh. I loved it. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think she is determined also not to play like a rookie. I don't think, I think that there was not a lot of timidity there. I think that she's like, no, I've, I've been with this team, you know, I'm, 
not, you know, it's her first professional year, but she's not right out of college. And I, I loved it. I just said, she's got sauce and, um, I'm really excited to see her get more time. Um, yeah, she was great. Super great. Shout out to Bianca St. George's. Uh, I mean, again, water breaks. We had a ton of stoppage time at the end of this one, six minutes. And Bianca St. George's was one of those players who was still bringing it on. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I, even I also want to shout out, there was a moment where she was doing a throw-in and she just kind of stopped. It was like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> she was so tired. And I was like, girl, I got you. You can we do this. Yeah. We love the hustle. <laughs> we believe in you. We believe in Bianca. Yeah. It was, it was great to see, man. And you know what, honestly, yeah, it's a loss guys. But again, tournament got reformatted. Everyone's making the quarterfinal. This is a really, really huge opportunity for a lot of players in this league. I'm just speaking holistically now. You know, there's a lot of great young talent on some of these rosters that are unable to get a crack at that pitch in a regular season, you know, let alone like something like this that just is a, happens to be a special circumstance for NWSL. And I think it is incredibly dope to see that many of the coaches are on the same page and that they want to utilize these group rounds as moments of experience and minutes clocked in for some of these players. It's so, it's so important. It's experience that they're not, that they probably wouldn't have got if there was a regular season in 2020, even if it would, would have been an Olympic year, you know what I mean? So uh, very, very, very dope. It ended up a two, one loss, but you know, Claire, I know you and I, this was a game that we actually went back and rewatched just because of how deeply we felt, impacted by you know all of the pre-game uh symbolism that took place and we had to actually just get through it which we did because yeah, take a sec yeah. we're, we're professional so we we gritted through it just like anyone else would grit through it and um you know we we did take a moment of reflection we didn't want to hop on this pod too soon for you guys that's unfair to us and that's unfair to y'all and we didn't want to do that so we wanted to take a moment um, reflect, uh, figure out how we wanted to feel about some things, even if they are still, the feelings are still all over the place. Um, and really give us ourselves a chance to rewatch that game, you know, because of the good stuff that there actually really is in between those lines. So, um, with that, shout out to this first game. It felt, it felt good to see. The it was really nice to have him back. Yeah. It felt really nice. It was like, hey, homie, haven't seen you in a while. I'm glad you're okay, you know. So it felt good. And those neighborhood kids, those neighborhood kids look real nice, y'all. Yep, that's look right. good on the pitch. So the Red Stars have a quick turnaround. Again, tournament-style format. They're going to be taking on Portland Thorns FC in their second group match. And uh, just like we've been talking a lot about how this group phase is going to be real fake and there's some real fake soccer, we have no real idea how this next group uh, this next group match is going to line up for the Red Stars, y'all. Or even, honestly, or even the Portland Thorns, another team that we pay attention to, you know, pretty pretty closely. So, no clue. I, The Thorns came out with a real solid, solid, solid lineup against North Carolina. Yeah. I have no idea if they're going to do that again. I mean, you had some real heavy hitters get some real significant minutes on Saturday, similar to the Red Stars. So, I don't know. 
um, if we're going to see like a deeper minutes restrictions for both sides, um, or if we're going to see some entirely new faces for both sides. Um, but I mean, if she's got it in her, I'm not going to front. I would definitely like to see some more out of um, a player like uh, Bianca St. George's, or, I mean, if we can get some of those other rookies in there. I mean, there's a center back that's got to still get some time other than Zoe Moore's. I'd like to see Cameron Pigalski get some time. Um, We'll see if she goes up against a player like Christine Sinclair, if that happens. You know what I mean? I mean, there's still a lot of players, ton of players that are uh, going to probably get their uh, number called for Tuesday's game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope I would hope that probably the, the players who were your late subs in the first game might start the, the next one. So you might see Katie Johnson or Savannah McCaskill or Mackenzie Doniak um, get a little bit more time. Um, and I think... Uh, which I think will be interesting because I'm not entirely sure what the vision is for the formation with that personnel versus the one that we saw on Saturday. So it's about to get a little bit nerdy. I think, I think we're going to have to geek out on some soccer. Cause I think that, you know, some of the things that we can make assumptions about during a season, we can't make assumptions about here. And we're going to have to kind of get into and, and enjoy just like, this is just like an exercise. This is like an experiment that we get to witness. And I think it's really cool. I love it. Um, we too are are growing stronger as the tournament That's right. goes on. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The analysis. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, you guys. I hate figuring formations out on TV. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, uh, I can't see anybody. What's happening? Yeah. Let me rewatch this game. Can't wait. It's gonna be good. Uh, Claire, again, since we've already let everyone know that we're trying our best, uh, what's a player or two or a million? that you're excited to see or that maybe you want to see have an impact in the game against the Thorns on Wednesday? Um, I'd love for Zoe Gorowski to get some minutes. I think that would be sick. Um, I don't know why she – I don't – I you know, I think that she totally should. Um, I think that uh, – who else? Emily Boyd might get a start. Yeah, Emily Boyd. I would love to see what Ella Stevens can do. The Thorns are like a nasty team to try her out on, but – I think that that would be cool. Um, I would like, I would actually, I would really like to see Savannah McCaskill get a good 70 minutes. I think that I, I'm very interested to see how, how she looks and how she's doing. So I think that, that those are, those are my three, maybe. I feel you hundred percent of that. I think those uh, forwards, those top line players that got subbed in real late, I think they might have uh, an opportunity in front of them. Uh, you know, Doniak is another one of those. We got to see what she's got in terms of starting off a game, not sort of closing one out. So we'll see what happens there. I think uh, we are eager to see what players like Katie Johnson and Savannah McCaskill um, sort of build on what they started uh, last year. So I'm excited to to see all that, and I hope that the Red Stars get themselves a win. Honestly. I would love more goals. I think that's what I want. I don't really, I don't think I care too much. They got I mean, it'd be, it would be great if they won, but. I would like more goals yeah. from them and less goals. From the other team? It's yeah. Weird. Yeah. weird. Yeah. Hot take, hot yeah. take. I would like, I, I would like no goals from back passes. <laughs> yeah, that would be, you know? that would be incredible. That, and you know what? That would be progress. Let's start incorporating that. Into the game plan. Yes. I love it. Claire, I'm looking forward to doing more recaps of games with you. I miss this, my dude. If yeah, me too. Wanna, if the people want to engage with you specifically or with us and support the work, how can they do that? 
Yeah. Um, Southside Trap uh, Patreon is where it's happening. I'm going to be honest. I think this Andrew and I might be the only people who are every day covering this team <laughs> right now. Um, and, and, and we're certainly the only website that is 100% dedicated to the coverage of the Chicago Red Stars. So um, you are correct. that's where you gotta, that's where you gotta get it. And I, I actually maybe in this Fair moment want to say this too, that um, this, this kind of a style tournament really prioritizes game day coverage. And I want to acknowledge that um, game day coverage is an imperfect thing. Um, first reactions are imperfect doing these kinds of podcasts on a very short schedule are imperfect. And so, um, you know, I think that, but I also think that it's super valuable. So, um, yeah, the Southside Trap Patreon, um, we have a preview from Sandra up there. Now we have a recap from me where I wrote a little bit more about everything that happened on Saturday. And, um, I hope, I hope maybe if you listen to this podcast, it's because you enjoy, coverage of this team um from people who have been doing it for a little bit and uh i think we're going to continue continue on with that for the rest of the for the rest of the tournament 100 i just have to echo what claire said please continue your support for the podcast and Southside trap at the patreon if you want to follow claire and her work please do that follow her at scott ripley she's got awesome takes they're my favorite takes they're the only takes that i care about if you want to follow me and my shenanigans <laughs> you can follow me at santerera underscore that's h-e-r-r-e-r-a underscore if you want to find us and continue your support if you're unable to subscribe to that patreon we get it guys there's a lot going on in this world right now but you know what you could still continue your support by following us on all social media channels. You could do that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Southside Trap Pod, with one letter P. And you can find us on all streaming places like Spotify and iTunes. And you can find us, subscribe to us, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to help produce Chicago Red Stars content that you deserve. So just continue your support with this podcast the podcast helps you stay outside with the chicago red stars and we got a lot of love for you guys be good wash your hands wash your face wash everything wear a mask and support protect black players and black lives we'll be back with you guys soon